Welcome back to another episode of That's Business. Today's guest is a healthy habits coach and crew chief currently serving in Michigan's Air National Guard. Tina specializes in the development of healthy habits for mothers, business professionals, and military personnel. She understands the stressors of wearing multiple hats and living a go-go lifestyle. Tina understands the need for balance and self-care. She works with individuals and companies, teaching them how to take easy steps to develop the skills needed to maintain a healthy routine to realize wellness or personal development aspirations. Tina is a mother of five, CEO of Tina Cafe Lifestyle and Fitness LLC, a healthy habits advisor for Women Veterans Strong, and an F45 coach. When she's not serving, you can find Tina on the roller rink or hanging with her family. Tina, thank you so much for being a guest on here and thankful you even put me in your schedule because how crazy is your life all the time? Jeez, you do a lot. Thank you for even asking me. I'm like, oh, okay, I guess um, I have a story I can share and all that good stuff. <laughs> but now I appreciate you. Well, on this podcast, I always like to kind of rewind it back. If you feel comfortable, what was your childhood like or what did you want to be when you air quote grew up? Right. So as a kid, I kind of flip flop all over the place. That's just kind of like my personality. I'm an Aquarius. So I'm just like, I'm easygoing, chill. I like to dabble in different things. But my mom is into nursing growing up and I just thought like, okay, I'll do that. And then wanted to be a forensic scientist. So we did like in Michigan, we have Macomb Community College and they offer like a program for you to be able to actually immerse yourself into that and see if you like it. Was it for me? (laughs) The sight of blood and just the stories. It was something like, yeah, not my thing. So then senior year of high school, we had a media studies class. So you're either producing in front of the camera, behind the camera, hosting or whatnot. And we would do the announcements for school. And I was like, that's exactly what I want to do. I love it. It's not hard. <laughs> Doesn't love that. Math or numbers, because I'm not a numbers or math person. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna do that in college. So I just was like, getting ready to enroll. And I enrolled myself into a summer program. And I told my parents like, yeah, starting school on this day. I'm already packed up. You guys got to drop me off. And they're like, Uh, oh, okay. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So I left and went to Chicago, Columbia College, Chicago. um, It's an art school for radio broadcast production. Did that, worked in radio and broadcasting for a while in Chicago, producing a sports show, did a couple of podcasts on my own. But then took another turn. I was like, yeah, this is not for me. So that's like a part of like what I wanted to be when I grew up. I did know. And I just kind of fell into certain things and tried it out. Well, first of all, the fact that you even realized that early on, because a lot of people don't realize that in their career or it's, hey, I'm going to do this for 20 years and then be like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that for 20 years. So kudos to you for knowing that so early on in your career. Jeez. Yeah, thank you. Spent a lot of money in my 20s and (laughs) racked up a lot of credit card debt. It's all rectified now, but still. Oh my gosh. Hey, you know, what's what's the alternative? It's, you know, I mean, of course, I'm biased in this being a career coach, but it's better to learn this, be happy in your 30s and keep going. But that's incredible. Okay. So how do we get to figuring out, well, first starting your own business or what did you do kind of in between that gap of realizing, okay, that's not my path I want to go and what happened next? Sure. So for me personally, like everything is spiritual. Like I do my best and I'm not perfect again all the time of trying to put God first and have him order my steps. 
So I just felt spiritually that me being in radio broadcast and production, just with the lifestyle, it was not for me. And it didn't sit right with me just because a lot of the things I saw behind the scenes and a lot of things that I was doing, I was like, this is not long-term healthy for myself. And I graduated college after living, after I graduated um, in Chicago for about a year, maybe a year and a half, I moved back to Michigan. That was like in 2011. And I just was like, I want to get more into the health and wellness. I did have a, a boss in Chicago who was very instrumental in my life. She ended up passing away through cancer. And so it was just due to a lot of underlying health issues that she was dealing with. And I just was like, I can't sit by when people I love and care about are living these unhealthy lifestyles and it eventually ends to death. I did more research, moved home. My first certification was actually a Zumba certification. That's how I got started into what I'm doing now. It snowballed from Zumba to one-on-one personal training. One-on-one personal training, worked at big box gyms, um, which is great experience. Worked with all types of people doing that. And then after leaving that arena, having my daughter in 2018, that also changed the trajectory of my business and then what I focus on now today. I know there's a lot in there that I'm missing out, but for the sake of time and not just to be digressing all over the place, like that's how I got to where I am today. Well, your girl's got ADD here, so we digress all the time on this (laughs) podcast, but I get it. You work for these big box gyms. Where did you have this idea to even start your own business? Because it's a lot. It's a huge undertaking making your own LLC regardless. Yes. So I didn't want and I did not like someone telling me what to do, (laughs) when to be there, what I had to wear, who I could work with. So it was just honestly, it was about having control. So growing up, my parents gave me a lot of that. I had rules and boundaries and guidelines and whatnot. But for the most part, like I could do whatever. It wasn't that I did anything out of the ordinary that teenagers or kids do in their 20s or whatnot. But it was just like having the freedom to be able to move about how I wanted to and have that flexibility for my own schedule. So I I enjoyed having that. And I was like, I have to have that. And I want to work with who I want to work with. And I want to Um, utilize my skills. And I didn't know like what that would be at the time, but I want to utilize my skill set to touch other people in the way that I want to touch them. Uh, That aligns with my values and my morals. And I want to talk about this personality trait that you have that you're like, for lack of a better term, fuck it, I'm going to do it. Or "Mm, I don't like this. Let's do that. Because so many people, and I don't know if you know, but I have two psychology degrees, so I know all these things. But What has made you be this person that's like, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to figure it out. Or there's no reason I can't do it. I'm going to research. I'm going to get me to where I need to be because you are not like a lot of people. I come across and I'm at this point now where I'm like this, but it took years to get here. So how has that been a part of what seems like your entire life? I guess it was, it goes back to like how I was raised as well. Like my parents are awesome. Like you met my mom. So like oh, she, incredible. <laughs> so she like instilled that in me as well. I'm a military brat, so that also is kind of like the foundation. It's like there's rules and regulations, but moving as a military brat, it's like I moved around. It's like there was a lot of change, so I'm okay with change, and I like change. But it's just like like you said, it's I'm gonna do whatever I want to do. 
This is my life. And time is going to pass whether I do something or not. So I can sit here for two years and just twiddle my thumbs and like contemplate. Be like, okay, I could do this. I don't know. But two years is going to pass. I would rather those two years I try something and fail and then get better on the other side versus just sit there and not do anything wondering like what was like, there's no point. Life is too short to just be sitting there, in my opinion, just to not know or go off of like, what if this goes wrong? Cause something will go wrong, but it's okay. You learn from those mistakes and you get better. So that's my whole attitude. I just have goosebumps from you <laughs> saying that cause it's true. And how impactful are you going to be on your five kids to just be little badasses and grow into being badass adults? I mean, that's that's so huge. And I love it. And yes, your mother is was cracking me up. I mean, <laughs> tears in my eyes, laughing. Incredible. Just walked right up to me at a, that Women Veterans Strong event and was just talking my ear off. And then <laughs> when I learned she was your mom, I was like, oh, my God, I love you even more. You're so funny. Thank you. <laughs> so I want to jump into how you do this coaching. So what makes you unique? Well, I have, maybe this is a three-part question, but do you have a niche of clients you typically like to work with? Why are you different than other health coaches? And walk us through what it's like working with you. Yeah. So my niche changed, but right now I'm set on like my top is moms. Then my second will be business professionals. And then third, and this is not in any like order or anything, military personnel. That's because I wear all of those hats at the same time. So I tried to separate it, but it just didn't work. So I'm like reaching out, I'm promoting and doing like, you know, the social media thing, Instagram, Facebook or whatnot to moms. But then I have business professionals reaching out to me and they can also fall in that category as being a mom and, and a business professional. And then also military personnel, it's like I'm still in the military. So I can't just cut that off or turn that off. I even try to, but I overlap in so many different worlds that it just makes more sense for my business and for me to kind of reach out and encompass everybody. Because what I do is promoting um, healthy habits. And that's one of the things that makes me different is because at the end of the day, we all have habits. So they could be bad habits. And I put quotes around bad because I really don't like using that word, but we'll all have habits that either deter us from our career goal or physical goal, but then you also have habits that is going to help you reach that career goal or fitness goal, whatever it is. So your habits have to align with whatever goal you have. So that's what makes me different is like, that's my focus as a personal trainer. When I did just focus on like the physical aspect, I was literally beating myself up trying to get everyone to like reach a goal focus. And there was that component missing. Hey, you have to focus on these habits. And when I kind of like dialed that in and got to the bottom of why are you, um, the, the psychology of it too. Like, why are you operating the way you are operating? Why are you overeating? Or what is causing you to stay up later instead of going to bed to get the rest? So once I started focusing on that, like everything else started fallen into place for clients, for myself. And it just made more sense to um, stick with that. And that's what I do now. I have a love-hate relationship with the word niche. It's like, you know, <laughs> what's your niche? What's this? So it's kind of funny that I even asked you that, but it does change. And I feel like any good business owner, 
you know, you roll with it. Like you said, your three worlds cross over. Those are your people. Or, you know, it doesn't need to be one specific person. That's great if some people have it, but a lot of people don't. And that's incredible. And that makes sense getting to know your personality that, oh, okay, we'll roll with it. We'll do these people, this person. So now without giving trade secrets away, of course, because we want people to reach out to you. But if you could even pick three to five, what are some of the top, I don't want to say issues or... Bad ha- I, I know you said don't use bad habits, but easy habits people can change because I feel like you picked the top three people or groups of people that have the busiest schedules or are just kind of all over the place. Yes. For me personally, like the top three would planning ahead. That's something and all this stemmed from just like me growing and progressing in my life, having five kids, being in the military, running my own business. It's like, I have to look ahead. So I would suggest that people look ahead. So for example, I look at my week on Sunday, maybe Saturday. So I figure out what all I have to do, where I have to be, what time I have to be there, not only for myself, but for the kids. So the three kids we get every other week, Um, but the five-year-old, I have her full time. So it's her schedule as well. So looking ahead, so I know like, okay, what clothes are we going to wear? Where we go? Um, What does my gas tank look like? So I'm not like randomly trying to go get gas. So all that is planned out. And it's not, it does sound crazy. Like, oh my gosh, she's super organized. I am the least. And my fiance can tell you, I am not. Yes, I am not organized. This all took work. It took a a lot of work for me to get to where I am today. And it continues to be work. Because I have to constantly look ahead. I have to constantly write things down. So look ahead at your schedule. What do you have going on? And the consistency, just be consistent with it. And also delegation. Like if there's things that I can delegate, for example, like cleaning, I used to always just clean everything because I'm like, you'll get it done faster and you'll get it done the way you want to get it done. But I realized that being a mom, being in the military, running my own business, I can't do everything by myself all the time. So I taught the other kids the skills that they're going to need for when they leave out of our house and just to also assist in the household, like, hey, the dishes, cleaning up after yourselves, laundry and things like that. So then that way, it's not all a burden on myself because then that's going to take away from the business. And then that also takes away for times when I ha- I leave for the military. What are they going to do? How are they going to fend for themselves? So it's like the cooking, the cleaning. We split it up. I'm not always cooking and they're not always cooking. So there's that delegation within the household. And same thing for business, just like yourself. You have someone else that edits videos, which I'm looking for someone to do that because that takes the time out of me being more creative and what I have to plan and write lesson plans and speeches and whatnot. So I think I gave you two. Third one, I can't pop up on the top. Oh, having a um, accountability buddy. Someone that either you know that's in like a peer, someone you can talk to to vent, bounce ideas off of, or someone that help hold you accountable. It could be someone that is where you are currently and you guys vibe off of each other, or it can be someone that is where you want to be. Or it can be someone that you don't know that you met on social media. You guys just kind of have the same shared goals or whatnot. So those would be my top three. I mean, so many good points to bring up. I love that you said you're not organized because I was like, wow, I want to be you when I grow up because I am not organized. I'm like, oh, look on my calendar. This is this is this day. I don't even know what day of the week it is half the time. I just know where I have to be on 
what time or on what day? Or do I have to look like a real person the next day? That's honestly what comes into play. Do you have to put your whole face of makeup on and wear something other than sweatpants or do you not? So I love that point too, because I think a lot of people always think I need to have 20 calendars. I need to be this way and be very type A and do this and do that. You're organizing your own way, which works for you. And it's not a one size fits all. We love those people. I used to be that person. Don't know where we fell off there, but life changes and it's craziness. I mean, military, oh, I mean, they, oh, this week do this, this week do that. Or, I mean, so having to kind of roll with that or, of course, with the kiddos too. But the point where you got to being able to let go, because I feel a lot of people even, I like you said it, I'll do it better. I'll do it to my standards and don't give up responsibilities, whether it's owning a business, whether it's delegating to a partner, kids or other members of your household, hiring externally. Where did you get to the point where you're like, all right, things need to change? Did you feel comfortable letting go or was that kind of a hard transition for you? I would say a little bit of both because, again, I'm wearing all these different hats. So and then my family, it was mainly honestly, I would say it was my family coming to me. So my daughter, when I started to do like the delegation, she was like three and my fiance was my boyfriend at the time and they would come to me. I'd be on my laptop. They're like hanging out, watching TV, and I'm still just clicking away at the laptop working. And then they were like, oh, we feel like you're not here. You're not spending a lot of time with us. They were right. I was so focused and like target. What is the goal? What am I trying to do? And then worrying about that instead of being present with them. So I was just like, this is not working. I have to, something has to change. I have to be able to give to them and also to this business. So I was like, there's certain things that I'm either going to have to put in a tier as far as like what's more important as far as work, have my block schedule for that, get that done. And then this designated time over here for my family. And so I think I've been still tweaking that as weeks go by, but it's gotten a lot better. And then certain things I'm delegating or I'm saying no more. I'm saying you want me here. I can't, I can't do that. Or someone asked me to do a certain event, like I can't do it this time, whatever the case is saying no, doing that delegation all stunned from like just my family just being honest and candid with me. Like you're not present, even though you're literally sitting right here, but you're always in your laptop. My fiance used to call my laptop, my boyfriend. He was like, are you with your boyfriend right now? (laughs) And I'm like, you're always with your other boyfriend. I'm like, Okay. If anyone listening in that doesn't know your boyfriend is your laptop, be like, wow, he's got some issues over there. That's so funny. Your yes, boyfriend. my laptop is my boyfriend. That's a great, I'm going to steal that. We'll give him credit, but that's so good. I'm going to steal that. Amazing. Now, transitioning into your military career you've had, you said you were a military brat. You've been surrounded your whole life by the military. What was the decision to decide to join? Because if I remember correctly, you joined rather recently, or it's been kind of recent. You're still in, right? So yeah, so I am in a, currently serving in the Air National Guard as a crew chief. And that just means I'm not in full time. So I'm able to still have my business. I go two days out the month, um, unless I deploy. So I decided to join when my daughter was two. Sounds insane. Um, but at that time, she can't comprehend as much as she can now when she was two. So the determining factor was just thinking about the stuff that my parents have lined up for me. God forbid if anything happened to them, because, you know, when you're in the military, they set you up with 
a lot of different things. So if my parents, anything was to happen to them, I know their paperwork, it's already filed, who gets what, what's going to happen, blah, 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 blah. So all that's set in place. So then that takes a lot of burden and stress off of me and my siblings. So it just only seemed fair and right for me to have that in place for my daughter. It's like, yeah, you can build that as a business owner, but for me going into the military and still having some control and flexibility over my life and to have her set up, that's what made me join. And also the education benefits Heck yeah. <laughs> for me to finish my master's. Yeah. So that was like the two top things was setting my daughter up in case anything happened to me. But also while I'm still serving, there's so many benefits that civilians don't get to partake in. And a lot of companies have taken away from civilians. So it just it just made sense. It does. And it's nice to having that flexibility and you are crazy for joining when your daughter was two, but it makes sense <laughs> your personality wise, of course, why not? Now, I want you to give some love and talk about your experience with Women Veterans Strong. So for those of you listening, Tina and I are newer friends. She had reached out to me to be a part of one of their Women Veterans Strong events that happened end of April. Incredible event, just all of you are so incredible. And for those of you listening, please go check out their site and I'll put that in the show notes. But I want you to explain your experience, what your role is, how it all comes together, because I will totally butcher it. And it's just, I'm just your biggest fan now, but let's talk on that. I appreciate you. So yeah, another one of my hats that I wear. Um, <laughs> what is it? The eighth one? Yes. <laughs> right. So I am one of the chapter leaders for Macomb and Women Veterans Strong. So it is a peer-to-peer women veteran support group. So we meet, for my chapter, Macomb, we meet every first Tuesday. So we just had our our in-person meeting. And we just talk in fellowship every month. You can come in person or online um, virtually and join us in those discussions. And we have events like the WVE event that we just did at the end of April is the second year that we've done that. It's just basically helping female veterans as they transition out of the military to kind of re-engage and re-immerse themselves socially, but in the um, setting of having discussions. So we don't necessarily do a lot of like hangouts and things like that outside of like the big events that we have. So we do have, it's very intimate. We don't do a lot of outreach because we do want to keep it small and we want to keep it intimate. So then that way the women can get what they need out of it. So like with each chapter leader, we message our women directly, get them assistance that they need, connect them to either the VSO or other uh, vet navigators and things like that. So in that way, they don't feel alone and displaced after they leave the military. Because a lot of times, a lot of these programs, um, they tend to focus more on the males. So because it is majorly males still, so we just focus more on women and getting them what they need and whatnot. And the beautiful part, because something that stuck with me from that conference you had was thinking about Vietnam veterans or thinking about the older generation of women that did serve that never gets recognition. And it, I don't know why I've been, I mean, I've, you all know, I've never served myself, but I have been a part of the military, the government space, transitioning military vets is how I got my start writing resumes. And I have never thought about that. And it pissed me off to even think about that when you brought her (laughs) up to stage. I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you, Angela? But 
it's something that we don't think about that these Vietnam vets or, you know, insert X war that have not been accounted for. And I feel it's been better over the last 20 years, but it's like you said, it's still not great. And it's a hard transition, but I'm so thankful for these conversations. The panels you all put together were perfect. I mean, every facet of this, but what are some ways that whether women veterans, of course, can join that are listening, but what are some ways for people that are listening that want to support? What are, what are good support arms for uh, women veterans strong? Yeah. So thank you for acknowledging that. And then I will say this too, that a lot of female veterans who have served, it doesn't matter when or how long, a lot of them don't identify as veterans. They'll serve and they'll do their bid, get out. And then that's just that. So that's one of the things too, we try to empower them to say, Hey, you know what? It doesn't matter if you served, you went through basic training and even if you got discharged a week later after basic training or you served 20 years, like you're a female veteran, you should be uplifted. And that's what we want to do is continue to uplift them outside of service as well. But if anyone wants to connect, whether they're a female veteran, they want to join, they can reach out to myself or Shelly Rude. If you um, Google Shelly Rude or just type her name, uh, ShellyRude.com or Woman veteran strong, the website will come up. There's an application that the um, women can fill out. Just a couple of information for logistic reasons. We just want to know. And we go through the applications. So that's one way. And if you're someone who wants to support and sponsor or uplift women veteran strong, same thing. You can reach out to myself or Shelly Rude. And then that way we can have that conversation about what it is that you're trying to do or how you would like to support. Cause there could be like an event coming up or something like that. So those are the two ways I would say they can support. Incredible. And as we wrap this up here, my question, I love to ask every single guest, what advice do you have for listeners? Yes, I would say try and fail versus not trying at all. Cause I do know people who are much smarter than me more talented than I, and they don't actually try to do the thing that they want to do. And for me personally, or for those who want to start a business, I would not want anyone to go through life saying what if, or I wish I could have, because I've tried things and I failed. I used to have my own studio. I tried it. I failed. I should not have done it. But hey, now I know and I knew it wasn't something for me, but it actually brought me out on the other side. I gained so much more from it just from as a personally and as a business owner. Just try, even if it's not perfect, write down the notes, take the notes, get feedback, and then you'll grow and get better from there. You this was this might be one of my favorite episodes I've recorded. You are incredible. Wow. You I'm serious. I'm not just trying to hype you up. Like you are incredible. <laughs> Thank you, Tina. This has been so much fun. And for those of you listening, if you want to follow Tina, you want to work with Tina, head over to the show notes for her website, her information, and all. And tune in next week for another episode of That's Business. If you're looking for a career change and you're not sure where to start, The Resume Rescue can help. Sure, there's no such thing as the perfect fit for everyone, but here at The Resume Rescue, we're on a mission to find the perfect solution for you. Whether it's changing careers, updating a resume, learning LinkedIn, or practicing interviewing, we have you covered. Find us online at theresumerescue.com and find all of our contact info in our show notes.